The 482nd edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by the Hockey Gambling Podcast brand new YouTube page. The hockey guys are giving away a hoodie to celebrate the new YouTube channel. Register today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash HGP. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos. Welcome to episode, I should check, I should have on my screen, 482, there it is, of the MMA Gambling Podcast, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Um, who should I dedicate this one to Chris Weidman because he has a, a really uh, good matchup coming up that we can talk about for him. It's a really, really smart, smart booking. So this goes out to Mr. Weidman and his brain health. Thank you for coming to the show. A couple more regional episodes and then we got the UFC back in our ear holes. Uh, today we're going to cover Uriah Faber's A1 combat 17 uh, as we have uh covered his events before pretty good events um usually i think we can get betting lines on them too which is good so uh we'll do all of that um of course i'm not doing it on my own there's no way i would cover this on my own i have to have the person who's going to make the actual picks would be the one and only daniel gumby vreeland hello mr vreeland Hey, and, and speaking of betting lines, by the way, first of all, yep. that's the first thing we got to talk about. LFA, which we covered last week, Wednesday and Thursday. So make sure you go back and listen to those. Those lines are now available. Uh, I was mostly in the right ballpark on all of them. Uh, I had the right favorites on everything except for the main event where I thought Jacoby Jones would be an underdog. He's like a two to one favorite. So just stay away from Jacoby oh, Jones. Good. Yeah. You I picked, picked him too, right? I picked him to win, but I thought he, you know, because it was half a, oh, I kind of like Jacoby Jones. He's being underrated, but also half like, I think he'll probably be like, I think I said 150, 165. And uh, no, he's like a two, negative 215 favorite. So like, just stay the hell away from that. Um, what, yeah. Why do you think, why do you think that's so different than, than what you predicted? So I thought that the hype on Genrich would be big because he's, he's looked really good in LFA so far. And then with Jacoby Jones, he looked really shoddy on Contender Series. Like he lost to a guy who didn't get a contract. So let's, you know, Dana White gives everybody a contract. So if you lost to the guy who didn't get one, it never looks all that good, right? So uh, I thought for sure because of how lackluster he looked, people would be down on him. But I think just that maybe I'm underestimating how much that Contender Series rub is because sometimes like, just being on that show, people now know your name and like hype you up more. So I think that's probably a little bit of it. Um, but yeah, just stay the hell away from that. Uh, that's yes. that's not worth it at all. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think of uh, Chris Weidman's comeback fight against Bruno Silva? What? I'm assuming. I'm assuming this is the middleweight Bruno Silva, not the yeah. flyweight. Flyweight Bruno Hopefully Silva we'll probably knock him would, out. Yes. Uh, he's fighting a man who's knocked out 20 of his 23 wins of come via knockout. So this is a very UFC. We just wants Chris Weidman to die. Apparently. I just don't understand. Like there's a million middleweights who want to wrestle. You know what I mean? Yep. Like there's, there's so, yep. tons of them. And even if those middleweights who love to wrestle came in and out wrestled him or outworked him or put too much cardio on him, at least then you could say like, okay, well, at least we gave him something that he wanted. You know what I mean? We gave him a matchup that he could win. 
And instead, yep. you just like insist on booking him with the worst possible stylistic matchup. And granted, they are going down in rungs of difficulty, right? Like they keep going like, you know, a little bit softer, a little bit softer, a little bit softer until they get to the guy who's like 0-6 and, and then they pick him, right? Yeah. Um, you know, pretty soon he'll be fighting Lucas Brezki or something like that. But at the same time, like just give him somebody, you know, like why is he not fighting high IQ Cody Brundage? You know, like that, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a better matchup for him. Him and high IQ Cody Brundage would be, you know, I'd still pick Brundage at this point because like Brundage has got knockout power. But it's like not the primary thing that I think of when I think of Cody Brundage, right? Like we think of wrestling, um, which is why he's fighting Bo Nickel. It's like a guy yeah. who they think Bo Nickel can out wrestle. So why are they not giving somebody that Chris Weidman can maybe out wrestle? Uh, yeah, it's just a dude. It's nuts. <laughs> it is. It is. So that's how. When is that happening? I can't. I can't remember. When hopefully that's never. Um, yeah. Hopefully I, never. I want to say it was March. In a few months. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, but more uh, pressing matters is we are going to be covering uh, Uriah Faber's A1 Combat 17 Green versus Felipe on this episode. So it looks like they basically run events monthly, right? At this point, it's pretty uh, steady work, it seems. Yeah, and I'm months. also going. I'm also going to caveat the name of the uh, <laughs> the name of the show that you just said. 17 Green versus Felipe. Uh, right. Green is Green is no longer fighting. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, I, I, I'm assuming it's probably not green versus. It still says that on Tapology. No, no shame yes. to you. Um, Saturn versus Saya. Is that what yeah, it's going to be pro- instead? Probably. <laughs> but but here's the weird thing. Felipe's still on the card, and he's like, oh yeah, right. The, he's like fourth from the top now. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't I don't know why that happened. But it originally was you're right, green versus Felipe. Now it's probably uh, not that. So uh, just a quick caveat on that. Yeah, so maybe the seven and six Felipe shouldn't have been main eventing an event uh, anyhow. So, um, yeah, well, yeah, we will we will get uh, to all of this very very. There is odds last. There's usually odds, right? For there's usually odds. I haven't looked uh, as of this morning to see if they were already posted because they're usually like. I mean, we're we're recording this on Sunday. Usually not Sunday, but uh, usually they're they're yeah. not that far away on Sunday. Okay, cool. And most of the books have it. Uh, nope. Uh, uh, you, you, <laughs> bet online. Yeah. Bet online. Usually, um, sometimes like Bovada sometimes has them and then like DK or FanDuel or like those types will have it pretty much only yeah. when there's like a big lull in the UFC and they like need some MMA action that weekend. Yep. We did have a big lull. UFC is about to come back very, very soon though. All right. Let's uh, jump into this. This is going to be a one combat 17, which is taking place this coming actually no this is the 19th is this is happening so we are we are ahead of the game once again uh friday january the 19th 9 p.m uri favors a1 combat it's going to go down in the sacramento state university union ballroom ever been there gumby no of course not <laughs> sacramento california it's in a cage and it's eight fights we're going to do the top five fights on the card for you and it's on you have uh, it's on fight pass right uh, it, it so it usually it is. was last yeah. time. Uh, it was like weirdly on YouTube, so like it'll be okay. in one of those two places, like easily accessible yeah. if you're a Fight Pass subscriber, yeah. uh, or possibly even easier if you're not a Fight Pass subscriber. Yes, there you go. Okay, um, let's kick things off with a Bantam weight fight, three five minute rounds. Hector Fajarda, Fajardo, I, I assume it's Fajardo, is that right? Fajardo, do you yeah, even I know? I think it's Fajardo. 
Yeah. Versus Arnold Jimenez, uh, two Americans going at it. Um, I will tell you about it. Jimenez first eight and three with two submissions. He's been submitted himself once. This is his A1 combat debut. He's won six of his last seven. He did lose his last fight, though. That was back in August of 2022. So ring rust is a real thing. Uh, something to keep in mind here. Uh, used to fight up at featherweight. Six years younger than Fayardo. El Matador is Fayardo. He's six and three with one submission. He owes us some finishes here. Uh, he's been knocked out once. Two and one in A1 combat. He's won two straight. Before that, he lost three straight. Uh, and he's one inch taller than Jimenez. Like I usually ask off the top, how familiar are you with the fighters on, on the card we're going to be breaking down? Um, going into it, or did you have to be familiar with some of them? Uh, I'm more familiar yeah. with tomorrow's tomorrow's episode. I barely had to do any research, which was kind of nice. Um, I knew at least one fighter in every single one of the fights uh, on tomorrow's episode in two of them in three of the fights. Um, so like I, I had a, n- almost no research to do on uh, that fight card. This one I had to do a little more, uh, like especially on the earlier guys here, Fiardo and Jimenez, not guys I knew a lot about, um, but I realized I had seen Fiardo's uh, one of his fights uh, almost immediately upon beginning to do research. I was like, where have I seen this guy before that I poked down in his record? And I was like, oh, I watched his fight with Peyton Talbot um, when I was researching Peyton Talbot for the contender series. So uh, I had actually seen him fight once before. Um, he's probably going to be a pretty big underdog here, despite the layoff for Jimenez. Um, because Fiardo, you know, like that three fight losing streak you mentioned, probably not the best thing in the world. Um, but like the loss to Talbot, he actually showed some really nice stuff. So first of all, he throws a really nice, he's a lefty. He throws a really nice right jab, left hook combination to the point where he like, I don't know, he backed Talbot up with it a couple of times. I'm I'm not sure he landed anything like super significant in there that would like make me worry about him. Um, but he does look dangerous when he comes forward. Like when, when he, when he's on the attack and he's pressuring, he looks good. And when he let Talbot or, you know, even the guys he beat after that, when he lets them back him up, he actually looks quite bad. So it's like one of those guys who, when he has intention, he's going to do good. When he doesn't have intention, he's going to look bad. Um, But I will also say that, like, when he comes forward, if he meets a guy who's going to come forward, he gets in the clinch and, you know, like, they clash a little bit. His wrestling is, like, low-key, kind of sharp. Um, he, He's got, like, not just wrestling, but he also, like, he judo threw uh, Peyton Talbot, wound up in side control in that fight. You know, so, like, some pretty good stuff there out of him. Um, And with Jimenez, I think he's going to be the favorite here because, obviously, he looks, like, a little bit better on paper. Um, But I got a couple of problems with him. First of all, his grappling probably could stand up to the grappling of Fiardo. But, big caveat here, he jumps Gilly a lot. Um, And you know how we feel about Oh, we love that. (laughs) Yeah, you know how we feel about guys who jump Gilly. And it's like... it's, it can work sometimes on the regional scene, right? But like when you run into a guy who's got, you know, decent grappling in his own right, especially if he's got some judo, he's probably not going to fall victim to that crap. So, like, you're just going to wind up on the bottom a lot. And if that guy's got good pressure, as Fiardo sort of does, he probably is going to wind up in bad positions more often than not and lose rounds that way. Um, I also don't like that he backs up a ton when he's pressured. Um, he winds up with his back against the cage a lot and... The funny thing about that is one of the fights I was watching of him as he backed up to the cage repeatedly in that fight, almost every single time he got hit with a left hand. Um, And I don't know if it's just that his guard's too low on his his right side or if, you know, it could be a number of things. But it just seemed like every time his opponent threw a left hand, he ate it. Um, And luckily, his opponent wasn't throwing very hard left hands. 
Fiardo throws a little bit harder, so that could be a problem for him. And also just in general, like when he's in longer grappling exchanges, um, he, I think he jumps Gilly sometimes because he tires. Um, so like all of those things seem to lead in the favor of Fiardo for me. I think he's going to be, let's say like plus 175, plus 180 here. Uh, and I like the dog out the gate. All right. That's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear. All right. Fiardo is the pick, as is Underdog Fantasy. That is our pick for making picks, making plays. Uh, Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, college football, and MMA. They got it all over at Underdog Fantasy. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. Gummy, do you have a play for us in any sure. sport? Yeah, sure. I wrote about uh, I wrote about some underdog plays for Sunday's NBA slate uh, for today, and you should get this in your ears uh, before the nighttime games. I'll take Cade Cunningham's higher than on his points. Got him listed at twenty five and a half, and he's gone gone for thirty plus in five of his last six, with like a weird outlier of only scoring six points as the one miss. Um, so I, I have to think he's never going to do that again. Um, and, you know, with all these 30 pluses, 26 seems uh, very manageable. Who are they playing tonight? Did I see they were playing? Oh, now you're putting me on the spot. I, uh, had, it, I had it in the article. Um, does it really matter if he's going for 30 yes. plus every night? He's going for 30 uh, plus every night. I'm not a big Cade Cunningham fan. Why are you um, not a big Cade Cunningham fan? I, I don't They're think playing Denver. Good. They're playing, They're Denver. playing Denver in Denver. I would take the lower, ladies and gentlemen. Take the Come lower on. and take on points. <laughs> He's going for 30 well, plus every night. He went for 40 We'll and one. see. We're going to watch along and find out, Gumby. We're going to watch along. We're going to make our picks. And we're going to make a late, maybe make a little cash if you listen to me over on Underdog's mobile app or website, <laughs> underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with the promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. It's Underdog Fantasy promo code SGPN. And I was wearing it yesterday. I sh- should have worn it for the episode. A hockey gambling podcast hoodie. Um, they're giving away a hoodie, a hockey gambling podcast. They just launched their new YouTube channel. They want to celebrate. So they're going to give you in, uh, one lucky listener an HGP hoodie to celebrate the launch of the YouTube. So go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash HGP to enter. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash HGP. All right. And there are Back no there are to... no Cade Cunningham haters on that podcast. So you're you're good over there. <laughs> no, they they've not even heard of Cade Cunningham <laughs> on that podcast. I can almost guarantee. Um, all right, let's go back to Sacramento, shall we? Um, a middleweight fight, three five minute rounds. Kevin Felipe, who we not Kevin, Kevin uh from Brazil, who was originally in the main event. Uh he's instead fighting Tony Charles for United States of America is Charles taking this on short notice then, or did they just take I, him from, it looks like it, right? I, I would have to assume, uh, you know, I don't, yeah. they, they don't give a lot of information on their bookings and stuff like that. But if yeah. it was originally called Felipe versus green and now green yep. is nowhere to be found, I have to imagine Charles didn't expect this. Yeah. Yes. I didn't see Charles on the card originally. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, they don't have a canceled fight him. from Charles. Yeah, this would be him stepping in on the short notice. All right, um, middleweights. We'll talk about Charles first. He is the Tiger, Tony the Tiger Charles. He's three and two with one knockout. He's been knocked out twice. This is his A one combat debut on short notice. As I mentioned, won his last fight two inches taller than Felipe, eight inches of reach, which is pretty, uh, pretty big uh, size uh, discrepancy there. Uh, Felipe Mexicano is the nickname. He's seven and six. Five knockouts, one submission. He's been submitted twice. 
this is his A1 combat debut as well. Win loss win over his last three. He did win his last fight via knockout. Was regional champion. Used to fight at welterweight 2014 pro MMA debut. Two one is a pro kickboxer. Four years younger than Charles. All righty, Gumby. What do we got here? We're going to see Felipe at like a negative 500 favorite. Probably, you know, with these regional lines, uh, there's usually a pretty wide gap there in the odds. You're probably going to see 350 on the return for Charles, 375. Um, and to be honest, it should be wider than that. Uh, Felipe was supposed to be in the main event. As you mentioned, why do you want a seven and six middleweight in the main event of anything? <laughs> yeah. um, the real reason is, is he's super exciting. Uh, I think they thought he was going to go in there and either, you know, rip Green's head off or or go out on his shield because um, that's kind of what he does. If you watch this guy fight, he literally puts 100% into everything he throws, and that includes, like, leg kicks to start the fight. Um, you know, if he's throwing a leg kick to start the fight, he will throw it 100 miles an hour and, like, be wildly off balance as a result of it. Um but, like, when he lands, I mean, like I said, the power's there. It's very clear that he's got good power. And you mentioned at first, I, like, saw the the profile of Charles, who I wasn't super familiar with, and I was like, oh, you know, he's a long, tall, lanky guy. Like, maybe he's the yeah. perfect person to beat Felipe on short notice. And then I watched some film on him, and, oh, my <laughs> God, this dude is so slow. Um, Like, he, he's long, you know, and you could be like, yeah. oh, you know, he'll pump that jab and stay away. But, like, I think if if – Felipe just sprinted at him and got three feet from his face. He wouldn't react until he was already there. Um, he's just the, – the punches look like they're coming in slow motion. His head movement is like just like a second later than it needs to be all the time. Um, it, it's just like he is the perfect candidate for just like an ugly highlight reel knockout from Kavim uh, Felipe. So I think Felipe knocks him out in 30 seconds here. Um and like I said, if it's negative 500, it's probably not high enough. Oof. Do they usually have props available for these events? If they I'd do, just spam the, the KO round one here on Felipe because <laughs> that's what it's going to be. Uh, yep. Yeah, I, I, I've i seen them sometimes. Uh, again, I, yeah. I think these books get a little bit more friendly with the, the different wagers they allow when the UFC's off. So because this is coming back when the UFC is back on, I, I think you might have a little bit of a hard time finding them. But if they're there... Yeah, uh, definitely that. All right, there you go. We're going to go drop way down to flyweight now. Three, five minute round. Flyweight fight. Jack Duffy, U- United States versus Devin Jackson from the United States of America as well. Uh, Jackson's got a classic nickname. Gumby, do you know his nickname? If it's Jackson, is it action? The Relentless <laughs> DJ Quick is the nickname. <laughs> that's, that's better than action. <laughs> DJ, yes. DJ Quick, all one word. Um, he's three and one, two knockouts, one submission. So he finished everyone and he's been knocked out in his one loss. So he owes us rounds. Damn it. This is his A1 combat debut. Got knocked out in his last fight. That's what I got for him. Uh, Duffy, the Fury is the nickname. He's six and oh, two knockouts, four submissions. He's one low in A1 combat. Used to fight at Bantamweight, 2012 Pro MMA debut. Two inches taller than Jackson. All right, go ahead. This one was kind of a tricky one for me to break down. I know Duffy's going to come in here as the favorite at 6-0 and and, and being a guy who's got a lot of finishes in there too. I, I'm going to say like, um, you know, it, it probably will be pretty steep, especially with Jackson coming in off that loss. So maybe like negative 230 plus 200 uh, as the split. And uh, the reason this one's hard to break down is because Duffy, we haven't really seen all of his game, so to speak, because yes, he did fight a little while ago, right? Like he fought earlier in 2023. I want to say it was like August or or July. 
But in that fight, the dude straight up sprints across the cage, hits a double leg takedown, and is on the ground for the entire fight. His last fight before that was 2019. So we haven't seen this dude strike in almost half a decade. And for me, that makes this one really difficult because the thing about Devon Jackson is Devon Jackson actually has some pretty good grappling. Um, you know, like if you if you watch some of his fights, um, you know, he, it, a lot of it is like Greco-Roman style takedowns. So like high end, you know, like high, uh, high center of gravity body locks and stuff like that. Um, and actually, if you go back and you look at his pro debut, his pro debut, he beat Joshua Van, um, which is a, a win that is aged exceptionally well. I think Van only has two professional losses in his whole career, and one of them being Devon Jackson. And in that fight, you know, the thing about Joshua Van that we all love, and it's been true since he was an amateur, is he's just got a motor on him that's incredible. Jackson managed to slow him down, get him in the clinch, and trip him and take him down. Now, he doesn't want to be on the ground with Jack Duffy, I don't think. But that if he's able to do that to Joshua Van and slow him down, I don't see any reason why he can't like do some of those things to slow Jack Duffy's offensive grappling down. Um, and also, you know, I haven't seen Jack Duffy strike. When I did see him strike five years ago, he was kind of limited. We have to maybe assume it's like a little bit better five years in the future. Although, like, you know, the timing could be pretty bad to start. Devon Jackson's a guy who like takes one to give one when it comes to striking. And the reason he does that is because he hits harder than damn near every flyweight I've seen on the regional scene with like a three and one record. Like he dropped one dude with a left hand and it was you know, like one of those, when he hits him, he just like almost walks away. And then he's like, I don't know. I'll maybe I'll follow up with one and the ref will stop it. So like, he's got that like very big KO power for a flyweight. And so if, if this fight winds up taking place on the feet, I really like Devon Jackson here. I, I think because he's fought more recently and, and fought more frequently, he's fought higher levels of competition. He's actually shown multiple sides to his MMA game. I actually think he's going to look better on the feet here than Jack Duffy. So if he's going to come in at a plus 200 dog, uh, I'm going to ride with him here. Does it change anything that I forgot to mention that Jackson's taking this on short notice? Um, no, I don't think so. Because right. like I said, he's been fighting more frequently. So, uh, who is Jack Duffy originally supposed to fight out of curiosity? Uh, Jack Duffy was supposed to fight Anthony Perales. For some reason, I know that name. I know that name, but I can't tell you much about him. All right. All righty. So that, uh, is that, let me tell you about a couple of other, more of our sponsors before we move on to the last two fights of the night. Game time. Game time is the spot to go for last minute tickets. It is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time is deals and tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals and tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Game time guarantee means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. By my math, that means you're making money. Uh, snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CFBX for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay ID in the Hall of Fame Bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool. 
get hit rates broken down by lag, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Start all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching and start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right. Co-main event time. It is a three, five minute round welterweight fight. Sinjin Smith, United States, Tyson Miller, United States. Um, Miller, Killer Miller is four and one with three knockouts. He's been knocked out himself once. Oh, one and a one combat. Did get knocked out in his last fight. That was the fight I'm speaking of. Uh, he went two and oh in Bellator, five years younger than Smith. The Saint is Smith's nickname. 4-0. Two knockouts, one submission. This is his A1 combat debut. Two straight wins via finish. 1-0 Bellator, 3-inch title than Miller. As I, I'm i going to run away now for people watching on YouTube and plug in my earbud, and Gumby's going to break down the fight <laughs> for you. Go ahead, Gumby. All right. Uh, I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to say Senjin Smith comes in here negative 300. Um, the reason I think he's going to come in at negative 300, uh, I just think... In general, you know, you look at his resume, it looks a lot better. Um, you know, Tyson Miller coming off of a knockout loss obviously puts him way lower. I actually think A1 Combat thinks Senjin Smith is uh, kind of a, a prospecty type that they could get to the show. And, you know, like like with Peyton Talbot being their first guy to the UFC, it's sort of like that nice boost every time one of your guys makes the UFC. And I will say there's reasons to like him. Like defensively, he is really sound uh, of, of all the guys who you're going to see fight on this card. He does probably the most smart stuff defensively, which includes like feints and head movement. You know, a lot of guys on the regional scene when they're brand new use head movement just for the sake of moving their heads. Um, his is like actually smart. It comes on the end of the feints or when he throws combinations, it moves in a way to actually evade the shots that come back. Um, in, in the clinch, I saw him getting in on a single leg and he ran the pipe expertly. Um, he did one of those, you know, just perfect take my single leg, run the pipe, wind up with the top control. And the thing that I like most about him when he has top control is he's just very sound positionally. Um, Jeff's back for those of you who are Hi, listening. To him. Um, so uh, we're talking about Senjin Smith for uh, more still. Wow. Yeah. Uh, he, Cause he's, uh, we were talking about how nice his defense was. And now that you're back here, we're talking about how yep. good positionally he is on top. Um, so we ran the pipe in the fight. I watched uh, positionally, he just like position over submission, but also decent ground and pound. And with Tyson Miller, you know, uh, that fight that you mentioned last where he lost, just tripped, put on his back, had no idea how to get back up. He's just one of those fighters who, you know, has some decent ideas on how to stop the takedown when it comes time to stop the takedown. But once he's down, it, it just seems like he's out of plans. Um, and against a guy like Sentient Smith, who, like I said, is very smart positionally, that just means like two takedowns are going to win this fight for Sinjin Smith. And that's if he doesn't want to box with him, because like I said, he's smart defensively, you know, kind of has a couple of things offensively, but like nothing, nothing super to write home about. Uh, but I think Smith could pretty much beat him anywhere. And, you know, negative 300 will probably be the line, but uh, you know, he's probably still parlay worthy here. All right. The saint over the killer. Good over bad is Gumby's pick there. All right. Let's go to our main event of the evening terrence is it saturn saturn is it saturn like the planet saturn versus miguel seya i'm guessing or is it seja i think it's seha seha yeah that sounds much better you're right uh this is a flyweight but about three five minute rounds and uh, seya is stepping in here on short 
notice. No, no, this fight just got moved up, right? Yeah, That's this was happened. originally the co-main, I yeah. think. Right. Okay. Let's tell you about Seha first. Three and one, one knockout, one submission. Never been finished in a fight. One one and oh in this promotion, A1 combat. He's won three straight fights, two straight via finish. He's twin Charlin Say Turn. Say turn, wrong turn is the nickname. Uh, he's four and one, two knockouts, one submission. He's never been finishing a fight. Three and one in A1 combat, and he won his last fight. What you got for this one, our main event? Um, so in this one, you know, like there are things. There are things that are really good about Saturn. Uh, like for instance, I really love when he puts uh, combinations together with his hooks, um, and I really like his defensive grappling when somebody shoots a takedown on him without any kind of entry. Here's the problem: is that when he lets his hooks go all the time, he often opens himself up for the takedown. So if he's doing one of those things, it's great. If he's doing the other one, it's great. Often, if you know it's mixed martial arts for a reason, he has to do those things together, and I just kind of don't trust him to. Luckily for him in this fight, he's fighting a guy who's got no interest in shooting a takedown. Um, so he could just let his hooks fly, uh, not have to worry about those like defensive underhooks and stuff like that. Um, and the problem I have about say you know with Seha is even though he's a little bit taller than Saturn, uh, I think he's got a two-inch height advantage here. You said, um, even though he's got a little bit of a height advantage. He, he unfortunately uses it the wrong way. Uh, he, he's got like tall guy defense. Uh, and what I mean by that is he just like, he leans straight back, uh, and walks backwards when he is trying to defend. And that does two things that are, you know, sort of incorrect in the, the grand scheme of things. Number one is it doesn't actually protect his chin other than just to like lean slightly out of range on some of the really short people he's fought. Um, or, you know, the worst people he's fought. And number two, he keeps backing up against the cage, which is going to allow him to not be able to lean the next time. Um, and he's not really great at the footwork on circling away. I've seen him eat some hooks on those. So, you know, I think Saturn probably going to be a sizable favorite here. Let's say like negative 250, probably negative 220, 225 on the return from Seha. And I am going to go favorite again here. I'll take Saturn. I think uh, I think he probably cracks him here at some point. The rings of Saturn will come through wrong turn say turn all right let's recap he's got say turn he's got smith both is probably sizable favorites uh, jackson hopefully as a sizable dog felipe has a very large favorite but he uh told you if you can get some props on that first round knockout get get that going and then he thinks fayahardo will be a pretty sizable dog and he's taking him as well correct that sounds right all right, that's A1 Combat in your ear holes and eye holes, if you choose. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. One more regional event, our normal regional MMA Monday episode, and then we're back to the UFC um, for Wednesday and Thursday's episode. You can catch us in the Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. You can catch us on the Twitter, SGPN MMA. Gumby Vreeland, Jeff Fox Writer are the handles there. I'm Jeff Fox Writer on Instagram. I got a sub stack. You can... Subscribe to that at moneymma.substack.com. Gumby's got another podcast called the Top Turtle MMA Podcast. Uh, do you know who's on this week? I do. I've got a couple of opponents uh, on this one. Uh, I'm talking to Joshua Van, uh, the aforementioned on the yep. earlier part of this episode, as well as his opponent, Felipe Bunes, uh, ah, which is a Portuguese language interview. So you can enjoy that if you are Portuguese, but also obviously there's a translation. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so that's Top Turtle MMA. And make sure you hang out at sportsgamblingpodcast.com and sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon so you can help us crush corporate gambling. 
We'll be back tomorrow. As I said, it will be the wrong turn. Jeff Fox and the Saint Gumby Vreeland will be making the picks and we will talk to you then. Bye-bye.